Hello and welcome to another episode of The Coda Career. My name is Cameron Blackwood. I'm the co-founder of The Coda Career. I'm a former technical recruiter turned software engineer. And my guest today, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Guillaume Duan. I'm a CTO and senior front-end developer. And uh, yeah, thanks for the invite, Cameron. Yeah, it's amazing to have you. Thanks so much for coming on. So um, I think I first found you on YouTube. I think I was looking in the latest comments of... Um, Theo from Ping's video, uh, and yeah. I saw you commented something interesting uh, on there. So I checked out your channel, um, which is Code with GM, right? Yes, and, uh, absolutely. I was watching videos, yeah. and I was like, oh, I have to get this guy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, that was very ambitious for me to put Code with Guillaume because my French name is very hard to pronounce. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was looking for a name easy to 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 make, but actually, I, I said. Yeah, let's go. Let's put my name and people will learn. So yeah. Yeah. It's kinda like uh it's kinda like the French version of the British name William, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's William but in French. Uh, so yeah, my mission is to educate all the world to pronounce my name. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've you've educated me now. So um yeah, that's step one. Uh cool. So you are a specialist in a number of different areas, and this is why I think this could be a really cool episode because we can talk about um all the different front-end areas that you know about. Um you've been a CTO, you're an expert yeah. in freelancing, you've taught courses. Um you are obviously a man who has a lot of hats. Um, how would you summarize what a typical day looks like to you? What kind of projects do you do? Um, to be honest, I'm more a freelancer right now. I've been a CTO of several startups. Um, and today, my what I do most of the time is to teach Vue.js on a lot of front-end developers. And most of them are really junior developers. So uh, that really fits to a lot of people who are listening to your podcast, I think. So yeah, basically I teach Vue. I create products from from scratch for a lot of uh, young startups. And I also um, work as a CTO on demand for a lot of uh, bigger startups. Yeah, every day. Mm. Vue is a super interesting uh, topic, actually, because almost everyone front-end related on here tends to talk about one framework, or I should say library. So I've definitely given the game away of what I'm talking about here. Um, yeah. And I mainly do front-end myself, and it's it's React. We do, uh, I do it day in, day out. So I'm always very interested yeah. in other perspectives. For, for you, why do you think Vue is such a great choice? And also as well, for people that are listening and maybe trying to pick a framework to specialize in, why should people choose Vue over other frameworks? Well, to be honest, Cameron, I'm also doing React. So, <laughs> but, but Vue, Vue is my favorite framework and especially Next.js with the latest version. But why did I choose Vue? It's because I, I have a, um, a big background in front end. All right. I've started by, um, coding on, uh, PHP with WordPress in 2006. And back then I was making, um, blogs. Okay. And, the origin of my development passion, my passion for development, sorry, was that um, a lot of girls who had uh, blogs asked me to, because back then it was a lot of girls who had blog. It was not mm -hmm. really a men thing, to be honest. Uh, my first client were a lot of women that were creating blogs about their life and stuff. And they asked me, can you make banners for me? Can you make CSS changes and stuff? And that's how it started. So integration was the first thing I learned in web development. And later I understood that was important is to understand functionalities and how to use frameworks and stuff. And Vue.js by the time was for me the best framework to work with because the learning curve was very, very interesting. You really enter in Vue.js really fast. It's really easy to understand for uh, very junior developers, okay? Um, nowadays it's the same with React. But um, yeah, Vue.js was very, very sexy by the time I, I, I had to choose a framework. So that's why I picked up Vue.js. And I, I have to say it became really famous. It became really famous. So um, yeah, for many reasons. And there was, this, there was this thing about Vue that on the same page, you can have HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And I found that really clear to read, really clear to understand. Because when you start front-end development, uh, for instance, with AngularJS, uh, that's what I did at first. I worked with Angular 1 to begin. Oh, so the legacy Angular. I've heard, I've heard yeah. it very hard. I, I've used modern Angular at work, and 
That's quite yeah. nice, actually. But Legacy Angular, I've heard bad things. Oh my God, the Legacy Angular that 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 was cool. Okay, that was cool because it was the, one of the first framework that a lot of people were using. So you were like, oh, that's great. And if you come from jQuery uh, and you go to Angular, it's a very big step, but it's amazing. And um, you get a lot of files. Okay, you got the JavaScript file, HTML, CSS, et cetera, et cetera. And it can be messy really fast if you create a lot of components and UI elements. But with Vue.js, it was really simple. Everything at one place. So yeah, that was one of the, the, uh, the, the elements that made me f- go on Vue.js directly. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And something I find really cool is that you picked up coding in general as a way to solve just some real life problem. And I think that's always one of the best ways that people yeah. can learn because you're yeah. doing it for motivation. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you were charging for this or if you were just helping people out, but- At, uh, at first I wasn't charging, but finally they proposed me to charge and I was like, okay. <laughs> so I found <laughs> out we could earn money with that. But it was yeah. a long time ago, Cameron. It's not like nowadays. It was in 2006, back then, like having a website was something really, how to say, like it was not very important for people. And they were like, okay, it's a website, you know. Nowadays, everybody wants to have a website to start something. You, do, you, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think it was, it's interesting because it's kind of a familiar story for me. Like I, I'm a little bit younger, um, but a lot of people that I've spoken to that learned to code around the same time as you, um, they often say very similar things about CSS. They say, yeah, I learned it because I wanted to make a cool MySpace profile. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is like, I just about know what MySpace is. Like I maybe had a MySpace account illegally when I was 11. Um, yeah. But a lot of the real kids these days, they don't know what it is. Um, yeah. And just, so for anyone listening, just imagine you could customize your TikTok page uh, with different uh, different colors and things like that. Yeah, um, exactly. It was back when yeah. companies let you have a little, little more free room. Um, I guess a free reign uh, over your own profile pages and stuff, and I don't know. I'm nostalgic for for those days of the internet a little bit. I don't know about you. We were really free. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it feels dumb to say, but we were really free because back then there were no product, there were no um, designing people. There were, but in it was by the time it was difficult. Like for the companies, the developer was the guy who used to take care of the website. Mm. But nowadays, a team, there's an entire team behind websites, okay? There are products, sales, uh, marketing, a lot of people behind it, okay? So, yeah, it was more free, but it was messy, we have to say. It was messy, obviously. It's it's true. And also, there were a number of vulnerabilities. There was a famous MySpace hack, which uh, spread so quickly. (laughs) I can't remember the name of it now, but you added someone, it would install some kind of bot on your profile, and then it would replicate itself. And yeah, there were obviously downsides to it. But, you know, we only remember the good things, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I, I remember MySpace, and it's it's really funny because a lot of um, a lot of people, or a lot of young people, actually, right now, they they think Facebook was the first uh, social network, and it's Facebook is already really old for them. They don't yeah. use it. Okay, like it's just my my mother and my father who are 60, 60 years old that are on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> and my uncle that is uh, sixty five is sending me a nice gift, you know, on uh, by message and stuff. And <laughs> nobody's using Facebook, but actually the first one of the first social networks network was MySpace, and before that there were other, other uh, social networks like they used to have, um, they used to get MSN Messenger. I don't know if you remember about MSN Messenger. Yeah, I had this in pri- in what we what we call primary school, ele- elementary school. Um, yeah. So I was very young. Uh, but yeah, I remember MSN yeah. Messenger. <laughs> it was a long time ago, you remember? And you had this button where you could click and play some kind of uh, volleyball stuff. Like you had these two oh, characters yeah. and you remember that? Yeah, like Pong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like Pong, yeah. It was a long time ago, yeah. Yeah. And um, for people now, obviously, we can't time travel back to 2006 as much as a lot of us want to, myself included. You know, the music was best back then. Um, But like if someone wants to learn to code now and do it effectively, um, what would you say the modern equivalent? Like, is there some kind of opportunity now similar to how you found with um, working on people's blogs? Is there a way that someone can break into the industry without necessarily having that computer science degree? Do do, do you think? 
You mean, um, what would be the best opportunity to be to break into the industry right now, you think? If yeah. you are a junior developer, you want to start? And like a way to earn a bit of money, potentially even just as a freelancer. So methods I would maybe suggest to people is like either create something yourself um, or perhaps offer to code for a non-profit uh, or something yeah. like that. There's a lot of way, Cameron. There's a lot of way to, to earn money today because, um, and it's going to be, um, there are going to be more and more opportunities to earn money on the web. So one of the best way is to show what you do. So creating a YouTube channel or talking about it on Twitter or just uh, sharing your code uh, uh, on blogs and stuff. Uh, and then you, you, you can be found by uh, companies who need you because they look for the same subject and stuff and they found you. And that's a way. Another way is just to um, go on freelance website and just subscribe as a freelancer. Uh, me personally, I'm on a very big platform called Malt. And I'm a, 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 what we call a star malter. So I'm on the top 1% of the freelancer of this platform. So there's a lot of offers and I really, I really enjoy it. It's really cool. But sometimes for junior, it can be hard because it's a big step. Uh, it's a big step first into the tech uh, companies and in, in the tech world. And also at the same time in the freelance world, because you have to sell yourself and stuff. So it's a solution, but not for everybody. Uh, freelancing can be hard also uh, because you have to sell yourself, you have to manage uh, your contract, people and stuff, and you also have to succeed. I mean, you're, you can have really big missions and if you are a junior, you don't get that much experience. Yeah. So that's another way. Freelancing, it can be a, a, a very good way. Yeah. It's the hardest though. I, I agree. And I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with freelancing as a junior. Um, I even know people that have done it after two years commercial experience and find it almost too hard um, yeah. because there is just no one to ask and, and say like, how would yeah. you do this? And um, so I, I definitely agree with your points as well about the YouTube channel. Like uh, it's, a, it's such a good way to like showcase your skills, just yeah. having a, pub, uh, you know, it's a step beyond just having the public GitHub. Like if you're yeah. like blogging, um, vlogging like your journey to uh, becoming a better software engineer and your self-teaching that really just shows the footprint that you have and the desire you have to break into the industry and when yeah. I used to recruit um, the only job where I had far more candidates than I needed was for a junior developer because mm -hmm. everyone wants to break in but no one knows how mm -hmm. and you're always looking for the differentiator uh, in that mm -hmm. huge stack of CVs or obviously mm -hmm. the virtual stack of PDF CVs um, mm -hmm. that I'm going through. And if someone's got all of that stuff online, you can just so easily see, um, okay, this person's made a, an effort. I'm going to, um, I'm going to try and prioritize that. And then as well, I've got something I can send over to the hiring manager. Because mm -hmm. if I'm a recruiter, obviously, I don't know how to code, but I send it over mm -hmm. to the hiring manager and they can verify if this person is, even if they're doing a slightly wrong thing, the fact that they're making, mm -hmm. uh, making a go of it is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Cameron, the thing is that um, I've done recruiting also. Yeah. As the as technical advisor, I can really manage to see if somebody will fit or not. And uh, it's not only about if this person knows how to code or not. It's also uh, a lot of human perspective, okay? Uh, you can have a very great developer, okay? And he will not fit at all for a very simple mission for many reasons. And most of them are because that he will not be interested in the project first because he's very good at something. Like, let's say that he's very good. He can code again the firmware of uh, 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 the GoPro, for instance, and you mm -hmm. ask him to create a SaaS product. Okay. You will be bored really fast. Okay. So that's, that's one thing you have to be interested by the project. And also you, you got, you need to, you need to, you have to learn all the time when you are a developer. And I think a lot of people, um, they just think that if they know a framework, it's over, like they can do everything and stuff. It's not true at all. I'm coding since many years now. And I understood that the best way to be good and efficient is to constantly learn. Constantly. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that you have to switch framework every month or stuff like this, okay? And I'm not saying that if you get a product, you get to get the latest version. That's not the case at all. Yesterday, I was talking with the CEO of a very big company in the UK. And he said to me that they didn't update their packages since three years. Oh. And he said to me, 
yeah. And he said to me, why, why should I do that? It's working. I, I don't care. I was like, okay, that's a point of view. Okay. <laughs> that's a point of view. And if it works, it works. So, um, there's very different way of doing things. And that's why it's hard to recruit. That's why it's hard because it's not only a question of experience or uh, do you know to code in Next.js or Vue.js. It's also a question of um, what's, what are you interested in and are you ready to, to learn uh, every day, you know. And I think an, uh, a skill that is often unappreciated for junior developers is the ability to ask questions to seniors properly. So a lot of the time, yeah. like every junior is going to have uh, questions for the senior. That's how yeah. it works. That's why we have these these rankings, right? Um, yeah. But the thing is, if a junior knows how to ask the questions properly, particularly if we're working in a remote environment and every five yeah. minutes on Slack, it's just ping, 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 ping. If instead you, you learn how to uh, mm. give a proper crack at a solution yourself, then mm -hmm. research it using things like Stack Overflow if you can't work out what's going on. And then yeah. after that, you come up with an itemized list of questions, yeah. explaining what, what the steps you took were, and then yeah. having a clear code base, if necessary, to then show the senior. The seniors will yeah. love you, will want to help you more, and then you're going to get promoted quicker. Uh, so yeah. I think that's one of the best ways to thrive as a junior, and uh, seniors will be yeah. a fan. And if you can show that in an interview, then even better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, me personally, what I saw, it's that a lot of people think that being a developer and working in a web company is the same as a conventional job. They think they have to ask if they can do stuff or, or the, you know, by Facebook, there's this story about um, a guy who was a, uh, as an intern, he just pushed directly. I don't know how it happened, but he made the, the, the Facebook crashed years ago by just pushing something really dumb about a smiley. Like when you click on the smiley, there is some kind of animation, something really dumb. And he took the decision uh, before asking people around him. And, and, he, and he made the, the, I don't remember, maybe people could, could, uh, could put this um, link to, of this uh, story uh, after the podcast, but uh, this guy has been promoted because he took risk to push the stuff. So it really depends on some companies. In some companies, people think that um, the relationship of working of the people who are working there is very conventional. So I cannot do anything if I don't ask my boss or stuff. And other company takes a lot of risk and it's really uh, fluent, you know. So mm. it it really depends. Me personally, when I was looking for people, I was looking for people and a lot of time of their personal projects, okay? I don't like technical questions and stuff because everybody can, can trick someone on the technical questions, okay? It's not because I'm coding since 10 years that you, Cameron, you cannot ask me a question right now and I'm like, God, I don't know, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's really possible. And, and to finish on that, I got a, a story to tell about it is that um, I applied to Google years, years ago and um, I have been received after a long, very long, long uh, selection. And I, I never worked in, in Google actually, but after that I applied to another little startup and they refused me. Uh, and the startup just, uh, I've just been launched six months before and they had no product, nothing. And they just refused me because I wasn't able to answer just a dumb question. Oh, is it, it like a me... whiteboard question? Because like uh, things like, oh, do a binary search on a, on a sorted list or something like that on a whiteboard. I, I, I can't remember, but it was a so dumb question. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to find the answer on Stack Overflow if I don't know it now, you know, I don't care. Yeah, that's why, that's why Stack Overflow exists. It's because Stack Overflow, is not, it's not just a place for juniors. Even seniors go on it. So juniors should ask questions and don't be ashamed to say, I don't know. Because even me, as a CTO, I said so much time, I don't know. I have to check, you know. And just don't be ashamed. That's why internet is for. It's to say, I don't know, I'm going to search for it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think that one of the best ways to assess people of any level, um, because yeah. I'm of the view where you probably need to see someone's code in some capacity, usually yeah. when you're interviewing them. So I think the best thing to do is get on a pair programming call. Um, so don't just have someone watching someone get on a pair programming call for maybe an hour and a half. Um, and yeah. uh, you're allowed to use Google and just explain through the problems. So um, for uh, the juniors listening, and a lot of people who listen to the show are trying to get their first or second job, just 
always talk through what you're doing because that's actually what they're looking for. They want to understand this thought process. And if you want to Google something, then feel free to Google something. Always do it in an incognito window because sometimes your previous searches could be embarrassing. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I did, Cameron, on the on the, the 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 last time it happened to me, um, a company asked me to to do recruitment for them, technical recruitment, and uh, they had a problem, and this problem was about um, uh, on it was an autocomplete, and we had a, a search to do really complex query to 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 do and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the exercise I'm going to ask to the people we recruit. Please uh, deal with that problem for us. So I created a Notion page. I explained it in three lines. And I said, send us your GitHub repo here, you know. And that's my recruiting stuff, you know. If you can deal with a problem that we have and we are not going to fix like this, and we are going to uh, use it as an exercise, I think that's the best way to recruit people. Because if somebody is interested in, he will do it and, and show you a new perspective. Even if the code is not really good and stuff, um, if he shows a new perspective, I think it can be a good recruit for the company, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think my main thing, my main like red flag is if it's a live whiteboard uh, task. That's the thing for me that I know I always think is a bad idea. Um, really why so i i don't think with the so with the whiteboard i think particularly maybe i'm biased because i don't have a computer science background but when they ask for a data structure algorithm on a whiteboard i think how often particularly for both of us we're mainly front-end developers how often are you really using any kind of dsna like i mentioned yeah. binary search earlier i've done it once in my career uh, and that's the yeah. only dsna that i've ever used ever professionally i agree with you Sometimes I use the whiteboard, but it's for things that only me understand. <laughs> so I'm doing my schemas and stuff. And um, um, it, it's also related, um, Cameron, to, to, to the market. Okay, um, Right now, the time um, between we, the launching of a company and the product market fit is really short. Back then, you had to wait two years. And um, creating a product, hiring people, uh, getting money, and find your first client. Today, you can't do this. People launch companies in three weeks, and they have their product in in a month, and they have to find the client right now and stuff. Everything is really fast. So sometimes you don't have time to do theory on 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 the whiteboard. You know, you don't have time to think about stuff. I'm not saying you have to do quick and dirty, but if you know how to bootstrap apps really fast. And if you know how to find information online really fast, you are a good developer, okay? Mm. It's not because you have uh, uh, 60 years of experience in React or 100th century experience on that that it will make a difference, all right? So, um, yeah. But I think a lot of people uh, in the tech industry start to know that and understand mm. it. I like that yeah. point you make about if you can bootstrap something quickly, you're a good developer because I actually yeah. think that developers, we are probably, the, it is the most entrepreneur-like job there is because you're yeah. creating a mini business. Every time you're solving a problem, you're basically creating a mini business because yeah. you have to, a lot of the time, design, come up with a solution, think about how it works, uh, write yeah. the code, um, you know. Write the content. Then, yeah. Pick up new pages. Etc. Yeah. Etc. Yeah. Literally everything, and then often as well, report it to the stakeholders. Maybe, perhaps, like I work on internal tools mainly, so my stakeholders yeah. are within the company, which is nice because they're very forgiving. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of the time, people are having to explain it to the external stakeholders, and you know, it, it, it's tough. And if you're able to do that, then yeah, uh, people don't realize how skilled they are a lot of the time if they can do all of that. Yeah, absolutely. When, when I created, I created a startup called Coach Hub. And it was a startup um, about giving a sports course online. So coaches could, um, trainers, they could um, sign up and give courses and earning money. And the events, uh, you, you pay for the events and then you are invited and you can have the course uh, in live. All right. So um, I, I was asking myself, what should I do? Should I spend uh, three months thinking about uh, the application, put everything, all the theory on the, on, on the paper and stuff, or should I start coding it right now? I took the second solution, <laughs> really <laughs> quick and dirty. I created a, a Vue.js application, really, really easy with authentication, 
I took Firebase. And then after that, I took Livestorm, which is a product to make lives online. And I connected all of this in three weeks. End of the game. And I said to my associate, I said to him, okay, start to sell now. People can subscribe. There is only one button, uh, pay and subscribe and end of the story. Okay. And Cameron, it worked. Like we had, I said to myself, if in six months we have 100 clients, I would be so happy. We had 100 clients in three weeks. Wow. And that's just uh, building it quick. Yeah. Yeah. Just build quick, build fast, build faster. I have no other word. Just learn to build faster and you will be efficient. Mm. And it's crazy because a lot of companies right now, they can spend three weeks on a button's color. And you're like, you don't have time for that. (laughs) Do you remember, do you know this video about this girl? I don't have time for that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's exactly this. So, yeah. Yeah, that it's an interesting one because I was actually checking out um, some of, uh, I think, um, do you know what? Maybe this was the video that I saw your comment on, on uh, Theo's channel about uh, the UI libraries ranked. You yeah. have uh, some opinions on UI libraries. Personally, I'm very um, for them. Uh, I know you are as well. What, why? Do Which you like one them? do you use? So me, for me, I'm a bit strange. I like Ant Design, even though a lot of the support okay. is in Chinese. Um, I okay. still think it's just an amazing, uh, yeah. I, I think it's an amazing library. The problem is if you try and search something, you will need Google Translate at the same time. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's also good as well because it makes me remember how lucky I am that all programming is in English by default and it's my native yeah. language. So yeah, it helps me realize I'm very lucky. Um, but I think Andy and design is awesome. That That's good. Um, my opinion on UI libraries is that it's really good. Um, the video that made Theo was very interesting. That's why I made a, a reaction video on my channel because I found this video very, very interesting. Um, I love components library. They are very useful. Uh, a lot of developers will tell you, yeah, but you don't own your design. Yeah, but you are limited. Yeah, but you depend on people, a community and stuff. All right. But the thing is, creating your own component library is very expensive. Okay. Um, it's very expensive and only very big teams can afford it. Of course, if you are a single developer and you want to spend all your time creating a component library, be my guest. Do it. Me, I prefer to use Vuetify for Vue.js or Material UI for React because I know that I can create a SaaS in three days. And I have no time thinking about tech. And that's the thing also with experience, Cameron, is that um, if you would have interviewed me in, um, like, if you would have interviewed me in, in 2015, I would have said totally the opposite. I would have said create your own mm. components and stuff. And nowadays... I saw that it doesn't make the difference. It's just a tech subject, all right? Honestly, it makes a difference at a certain level. But for most of the business I'm working for, they still get material UI and design, chakra UI, etc., etc. And it's fine. It doesn't make such a difference. Um, so I'm 100% for, and I think especially as a junior, if you can focus on one library, it's also something that you can put on your resume and say, yeah. okay, guys, um, I know how to deal with material design. Okay. I know how to deal. I've, I've created these four applications. Here the, here's the link of my GitHub. And then you understand that this person um, uh, masterize how to create front-end application really quickly. And that's very important, I think. Because if it's good to learn CSS, okay? But most of the developer right now on the market, they need to learn how frameworks are working. That's the thing. Honestly, I, I see a lot of junior developers. And just an hour ago, I was with the team uh, in Paris and they clearly need me to teach them how uh, Vue.js is really working. They are doing Vue.js in six months, but they still didn't understand what were mixins. Oh, and okay. And 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 it's it often happens and it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. It's just that they maybe I, I don't have any reason for that, but they didn't deep dive into view. And I me too, I spend a lot of time without the diving deep into view. But yeah, that's the thing. The Coda Career is brought to you by the Zero to Mastery Academy.
The Zero to Mastery Academy is an online suite of courses to help you learn to be a better developer. I myself learned a lot of what I know now about both JavaScript and React from Zero to Mastery. However, it's not just those topics that they cover. They cover basically every single thing there is in the tech industry. If you can program in it, Zero to Mastery probably have a course on it. For one monthly fee, you get access to their entire library of courses, which are continuously updated to make sure they've reached the latest specifications. So no matter your current ability as a developer, whether you are just starting out or whether you're an experienced engineer already, you can stand to learn something from Zero to Mastery. And if you want to support the code of career, you can use the link in our description and the code FRIENDS10 to get 10% off any plan with Zero to Mastery. We really appreciate your support. Now back to the show. Yeah, would you recommend, it's not really UI UI libraries here, and for people who are unfamiliar, UI libraries are, are basically uh, pre-built components is the easiest way to think about them. I, on a related note, um, we have these tools like Tailwind styled components, yeah. CSS and JS, uh, SAS. Yeah. Do you recommend that juniors uh, try and jump on one of those immediately? Yeah. Or yeah, because I, I feel the same way. Yeah. What, what yeah. do you think is best? Um, I love Tailwind. Honestly, me, um, if I want to launch a product, I will launch it with Tailwind because I know Tailwind and I, um, I start by being flexible with it. But it's a question of experience. Um, Tailwind, it's, it's a good one for, I would say, for senior front-end developers. I know a lot of people will say to me, no, that's not right. Uh, uh, you should say the opposite to junior to start using Tailwind because it's the future, etc., etc." I agree on that. But when you start web development, there's a lot of things that you don't understand. There's a lot of things that you don't understand and that are not, not clear in your head. Even for me, there are still things sometimes that are not clear in my head. And it's totally fine. We are here to learn and to progress. The thing is that not everybody is going to progress at the same time and at, as fast as the others. You understand? Yeah. So Tailwind is a bit difficult to enter in. That's what I said in the video, actually. And um, on Beautify or Material UI, you clearly understand that when you import your button, it's the button that you have. With the classes of Tailwind, you have to remember the classes, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So it's another game. And I don't think at this step, when you are a junior, let's say that between one and two years of experience, I don't think in your brain you have space to uh, remember all the Tailwind classes. You, yeah. you, you have more space about how to deal with my data, how to update my data locally, and how to fetch data at the right time and update, render, etc., etc. You understand what yeah. I mean? Because the more when, ironic when... thing is that Tailwind is supposed to save you time, but if you're just back and forth looking at the cheat sheet, thinking, oh, I forget what margin eight is. I mean, that's an easy yes. one. It's like MGA yes. or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, the grid, it's the grid for example, the mm. grid. The grid, you have a lot of stuff there. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm going to say, when I work on Tailwind, Cameron, I need to have Adobe XD or Figma open next to it. And, and I know visually how to translate what I see into code. When you are a junior developer, it's not obvious, you know. Mm. You, you think about other stuff. So it's better to use a design that already exists uh, in, a, in a component library for me. Yeah. So do, do you wireframe, because you mentioned um, uh, Sketch and, and Figma, do you wireframe everything before you do it then? Is that your approach? Um, that's an interesting question. Very interesting. Um, personally, for my own projects, I do. Mm. I do because um, when I want to explain something to my team, uh, I send them the picture. For a lot of people who are not uh, into development, they don't understand all the time the problems, okay? They say, why it's a problem, okay? And sometimes it's very big problems. The best thing is to show them the product and say, look, when I click there, it doesn't trigger anything. And it doesn't trigger anything because the next step is supposed to show me the dashboard, but we don't get the API yet, you know? And they understand because it's visually here, okay? Uh, if I explain to them that by words, they will say, oh, okay. And they don't understand, they don't get it, and they don't ask questions, and you don't maybe don't have time to explain everything. So it's always better to get frames. Yes, absolutely, to get 
you, you need to have this uh, visual uh, representation of your app. But, but sometimes you don't have time for that. And for a lot of projects, and I would say maybe 80% of the projects, you don't need to get frames. Okay. Mm. We, you better work on the product. What does your product do in three steps, in quick steps? Like you can use Whimsical or uh, Excalidraw. Yes, I think Excalidraw, it's a software that Tio uses all the time to uh, draw. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you better write stuff and draw uh, arrows between steps and stuff. It's better to think about your products and then creating it with a, a library on the fly without any design. You just pick up the, the elements and stuff than uh, spending your time on the frame or hire a designer to do it for you. That's yeah. the best option. When you work with a good designer, it's like the world has changed. Like it is one job that I think... Yeah is incredible i don't i'm very i'm not very good with these with drawing and that kind of thing so whenever i work with yeah. a designer the littlest thing they do just blows my mind <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but that's I, I work with very very senior designer very good and very expensive and i can tell you it's so good to work with people who understand the web as a developer and those persons are non-developers, actually. Mm. But it happens often that even if they are senior with a lot of experience, some stuff they do, we come back on it and we say, oh, it's not impo it's impossible. We can't do it because for many reasons, business reasons or just um, things they, they try to invent, you know. They make up things that cannot happen. And it's for junior designer, we, I often see that. They make up things that can't happen. Okay, and the seniors, it's more people who uh, who knows things that can happen and and what's impossible. You understand what I mean? Yeah, it's like that's a good designer. Just pick up these intangibles uh, without yeah. even thinking about it. It's like an instinct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not seniors actually. It's bad to say that. It's good designers because there are young designers that are really efficient, you know, in what they do. And they, and they reproduce what they, what they see and the functionalities they already saw, what, which is possible and stuff. So yeah, good designers, I can recognize them when I can develop entirely their own frames, okay? The whole project they do, I can develop it from A to Z, okay? Mm. And that's the mark of the good designers, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you are right, being a, a front-end developer, it's also how know how to um, translate um, what we see into something real, mm. and that's difficult. Also, that's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. it's. I like to think front end development is the most challenging job in the world, and it's not just because I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to ask you as well. I've been seeing over your for the viewers over your. I don't know if it will come out as your left or right shoulders. I don't know how mirroring works, but this is very cool. Like your is that your YouTube subscriber count that's flashing through? Is that live? Uh, which one? What are you talking so about? The it's uh, on the bookshelf behind you. You have a you have yes, like a oh. light. Yeah, that thing. This yeah. One, yeah, it's La Metric. It's a very good product, uh, by the way. Uh, La Metric, it's called. It's like, mm. yeah, it's YouTubers and uh, it's also Twitch. It can be a lot of things. Uh, it's $200. It's, uh, oh. it's really, yeah, it's, it's very cheap. And it's at the same time, it's, um, it's very fancy, like yeah, <laughs> for really YouTuber cool. and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I, I don't put it all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> on the night, it will uh, ring uh, when uh, when there will be a, a new subscriber. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's to have a dynamic background. I, I like yeah. it. I was yeah. wondering if it was maybe like a Raspberry Pi of some description where you uh, where you were programming it to do that. Well, well, uh, it's not a Raspberry Pi, but what I want to do right now, I would like to have um, my own server at home running. Mm. And I'm creating an app just for me with um, my calendar and all the events that are related to my profiles and stuff. So that's my new project. And it's mainly front end. Mainly. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Maybe you, I'm going to talk about it on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, people should definitely subscribe to you, actually. Now that we're talking about your YouTube channel, <laughs> thank you so subscribe. much. Your videos are awesome. Um, thank you. So I, I highly recommend the links are in the description. And um, bring it back to freelancing. Uh, yeah. At what point would you say uh, you kind of know when you're ready to freelance? Because we talked about people who maybe aren't ready to freelance yet and either 
when you get to the point in your career as a developer where you know, okay, I can go and charge X amount of pounds or euros per day to go and work for someone or charge a flat rate, whichever really. Mm. Um, how do you know when you're ready for that? That's a good question. Um, okay. So personally, um, I started freelancing after three or four years working for startups. Okay. Um, and at a point I chose freelance because I wanted to be free. And that's what a lot of freelancers will tell you. Um, but I wasn't really, um, um, I wasn't really sure that I will, I will be good. <laughs> so you try freelancing and if it's working, that's good. But for a lot of people, it's not working. And I think it's not working because they start by freelancing. Uh, I, I think starting by freelancing, it's hard mm. because you don't get experience of what is a tech company, what is a startup, how does it work. Uh, you never um, experience the chaos of it, uh, like the human, the chaos in, in the product, the chaos in re human relationships. And there's a lot of stuff. Startups, it's. It's a crazy world, okay? You have crazy people, um, crazy stories, people paid, unpaid, fired yeah. from a day to another, okay? And and that's normal because um, startups have to survive, okay? So um, it's always good to go first into, um, into startups before being a freelancer, I think. Yeah, because, I totally agree with that. It's like a university for, uh, yeah. for being any kind of entrepreneur working in a startup first is like your university. Yeah, it's a university, actually. You experience so much stuff and you experience stuff about startups, but only also about you. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. When I worked at a startup, in fact, when I was a recruiter and I've told this story before uh, on other podcasts, but when I was working in the traditional agency, I became so disillusioned with how recruitment worked that I went and joined a French yeah. startup, Talent IO. Um, and yeah. I was one of the first in London and the amount I learned in, I was there for like two years. The amount I learned in two years is crazy like everything yeah. basically apart from the recruiting um that i ended up just having to pick up and do because um it's like move fast and break things it, it, it's yeah. such a cool way to learn it can be yeah. such, it can be stressful sometimes but it's you yeah. learn so much it, it's it's very stressful and you have also good time i don't want to be mm. too negative it's very very good times because uh, even if you come back at night and you sleep very well because you have uh, crazy days and stuff <laughs> and also because you drink a lot with people and stuff <laughs> We because had a beer tap in the office. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, um, I, I think it's the best. Um, my advice would be uh, start to work for a company. And even if it's remote, because I know there's a lot of people that may listen to this podcast who already work in remote. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, nowadays you can have meet, okay, online there's a lot of tools that help you to talk with a lot of people all around the world and basically that's what i'm doing with my workshops uh, i have a workshop about vue.js and i have students from all over the world and it, we have such a chance today to 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 be able to talk to so much people around the world and to create businesses with clients from every country that's we are so lucky and you you can find a startup to for you to 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 spend time with also for sure of any country in the world after it depends on what you're looking for um if you there's a lot of people that they they prefer to be um in real uh life with with their startup and some mm. of some other prefer to be remote um even if it's hard even even if you are going to be stressed and stuff, go into startups to get experience. Yeah. You will feel more comfortable doing freelancing after. Everyone should do it at one point in their career for sure. And speaking of startups, actually, something I was really keen to talk to you about was uh, the startup scene in France and particularly Paris is... Um, I feel like it goes under the radar in the UK, perhaps because people aren't speaking English in France. Well, they obviously do speak English, but it's not business is done in French, right? Um, yeah, yeah. The amount of unicorn startups that have come out of France uh, in the last few yeah. years is remarkable. What, what yeah. do you think is happening in what's in the water in Paris, I guess? Um, and what, <laughs> what's what the secret? Think, yeah. How is this happening? Like, is it policy or is there some <clears> kind <throat> of like uh, scene going on that, that's really cool for uh, coding or how is it working? 
It's really interesting, Cameron, because I've lived in, in the UK and I started my career in the UK and I finished it in France. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit uh, a revolutionary for French. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, in France, we got a lot of ideas and uh, we got a lot of people who, who try to create stuff. So um, I'm not surprised that there's a lot of unicorn in, uh, in France and we got a very nice ecosystem especially in Paris, where we got a lot of incubators uh, like Station F, uh, Numa, Le Village. It's places where there's a lot of startup growing uh, every day. And um, it's just that I, I think the French people always tend to uh, create new stuff to get a better life. They always want to get a better life and an easier life. And they are trying to do their best to uh, create uh, new products that will change the world. It may be ambitious a bit, but on the backside, I can tell you that some French people also are very negative most of the time. Like they, they are very, um, how to say, uh, you know that. I think you already saw that. They are very always angry about stuff and it's often it doesn't a joke work. In, in Britain, it's a stereotype sometimes that um, yeah, so yeah. people could be angry. <laughs> People are angry and, and, and it's chaos and etc. If you go in Paris, Paris is it's a city I love, but it's dirty, it's chaos everywhere. Driving is crazy and stuff. And that's exactly the description of a startup. So uh I Paris made in, that connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I tell you, I tell you. Now now I don't I I'm, I don't live in Paris anymore. But uh I live in Portugal actually. Mm. And uh um in Paris, it's really chaotic, the life. It's a beautiful city, like maybe the most beautiful city in the world. And I'm not saying that because I'm French, but it's very beautiful, but it's chaos every day. And that's what startups are. They want to be beautiful. They want to run the world, but it's chaos. Mm. And we all already, we all, we already know that, but every day we look at those products like LinkedIn, YouTube, all these apps we have got on our iPhones, and we don't know that behind that there's a big chaos people are trying to deal with. Really, yeah, it's very true. It's like the uh, it's like the analogy of the swan glides across the water because underneath it's paddling like mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. It's exactly that, and and. I'm coming back on what I said before. That's why I, that's why I told you um, this run of um, this. People want to have a perfect code. It's it's a mirage, okay? Mm. It's a dream. Perfect code never happened. I've been in really big companies, really successful, and I was shocked by the code quality. And they told me, yeah, but it's running, so. And, you know, you, you see, yeah, it's, it's, it's like held together with tape. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and I learned a lot in those situations. I really learned a lot um, by those companies. And after that, I decided to become a freelance because what I wanted to do is to get more experience about bootstrapping applications. Mm. And since then, I've, I've helped more than 50 startups launching and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of this because um, I've not ever been really a, a, an amazing developer, an amazing CTO, but we succeed to create products and profitable products and that help people, you know. And that's also something we should uh, enjoy about is that uh, you create products not for you, but for people you will never meet. And maybe you will help them and change their life. And a lot of developers are, are not aware of that when they are coding the stuff. And, and three, three years after, the, somebody uh, sent them a message, thank you so much, Guillaume. It's amazing what you did for us. And you you just forget this app and stuff. And that's the beauty of it. That's the yeah. beauty of it. It's such yeah. a satisfying job um, in, in, yeah. in that regard, for sure. And yeah. um, in terms of what you're working on right now, obviously, um, we know about your YouTube because um, yeah. we met in the YouTube comment section. We, we talked about it. If people want to find you on YouTube, um, what's, the, what's the channel name and what kind of videos can they expect from you? So my channel is named Cold with, Code with Guillaume. 
so you will put the link because I'm not sure everybody will be able to type it. <laughs> spelling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just make videos to share my knowledge. So I want to share everything that I've learned. And um, I'm trying not to be um, too difficult in uh, in the learning steps, okay? I try to do a lot of things really understandable for a lot of people, okay? It's the same on my Twitch channel. So I got a Twitch channel and I'm coding application um, in real time. And I, I try to go slowly and to ask really uh, understandable questions. Uh, last time it was about Tailwind and I was like, how do we create a grid again in Tailwind? Okay, because um, it's something that we do every day. We go on the documentation on of every uh, tool that we are using, and it's not a shame. So, so you know, it's not a shame to go on the documentation if you don't know. That's that's amazing that we can find a solution to our problems in real time really fast. So yeah, that's what I try to do on my channel. I talk mainly about Vue.js, so I also have a workshop on Vue.js that I do uh, in, it's a remote workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time we try to organize this, we are maximum four persons and we take three days to learn everything about Vue and bootstrapping your product. So it's like a mini bootcamp. It's a mini bootcamp, mm-hmm. remote. And uh, until now, I'm doing this since uh, uh, this summer. And until now, that has been crazy because I've seen people launching products and get their first customers. And I was so proud. I was like, God, that's crazy. Uh, uh, Yeah. So uh, you can find that on uh, viewworkshop.gg. GG, like good game. And, uh, (laughs) and uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And also I'm still doing a lot of freelancing as a CTO on demand and, um, and technical advisor. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that because um, that's also the beauty of being a developer. With time, you solve so much problem and you see all the same problems all the time. You really help people who are trying to build products. Because uh, when, when, a, when an entrepreneur is calling you and say, I have this problem and you say, oh, I saw it 10 times before. Uh, you can say to them, uh, okay, this is the solution. And I could have been this developer and spent three years on the same problem <laughs> before that. You know, you understand what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, I've learned Vue.js on the web. I think my mission now is to teach people what I've learned and give it back. So, yeah. that That's awesome. That's a nice mission to have. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so all your links will be in the description. And thank you so much for coming on today. It has been a really cool chat. I've already learned a lot myself and I'm sure the audience has as well. And yeah, I'm looking forward to watching uh, in particular your YouTube channel grow because uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, your you for the content career. is so valuable. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for the invitation, Cameron. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you to the listeners as well for tuning in to another episode of The Coder Career. We're here each Uh, every other Monday in fact Uh, not each Monday Uh, hopefully each Monday soon Um, I will uh, you can feel free to join our discord that is thecodacareer.com slash discord thanks so much and have a great week